Grace, it's good to be with you today. Uh, grateful for this unique opportunity to preach to you through Facebook because of our current situation. Uh, grateful for you. Also grateful for Jared. He has put a lot of work into the technical side of this. Please let him know how much you appreciate him. We're in our second week walking through John chapter 17. Last week, we answered the question or looked at the question that was posed. Does what I want from God line up with the will of God? This week, as Jesus continues, he asks another question in this prayer. And the question is for us to look at what is my response to God's role in my life? We'll look at John chapter 17, and we're going to read verses 6 through 19, which is our text for today. I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given is from you, because I have given them the words you gave me. They have received them and have known for certain that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, because they are yours. Everyone I have is yours. Everything I have is yours, and everything you have is mine, and I am glorified in them. I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name that you that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I was protecting them by your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not on, not one of them is lost except the son of destruction, so that the scripture may be fulfilled. Now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy completed in them. I have given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them, so that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I want to pray over our time in God's Word. Jesus, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that you would speak to us and allow us to hear and respond to you. God, I pray that as we look into this text today, we will continue to understand the unique relationship between the Father and Son that we have been invited into through the Spirit. We ask this in your powerful name, Jesus. And everybody at home says, Amen. I've been able to do summer camps for years. Uh, it is a huge part of my life. I love them. And as I have done camps and continue to do camps, there's usually one night where I direct the youth leaders in the room to pray over their students. But when I direct them to pray over their students, I direct them to pray over those students by name and to pray for those students aloud. And the reason for that is I am of the belief that most people have never heard anyone pray for them by name. I believe that for students and I believe that for most people. When we look into John chapter 17 in these verses, we are in the upper room. Jesus has been praying for God to glorify Him. And it moves to Jesus here asking and thanking the Father for how He has worked and looking toward what He will do. And he begins to pray right there in the upper room for the disciples. They're sitting with him. They have just finished the Passover. 
And to understand this text fully, there are a couple things that we need to look at. In verses 6 through 11, we need to look at what God did and how God has worked, what God did. And as you look at 6 through 11, you can see what God did and how Jesus acknowledges all that God has done for the disciples who now follow after God because of Jesus and for those of us who are believers in 2020 who consider the work of Jesus to be our hope. Look at these verses with me again, verses 6 through 8. I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you because I have given them the words you gave me. They have received them and have known for certain that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. Now, right here, as we look at the text, we can see that there is responsibility there for us. As followers of Jesus, the disciples were people who kept the word. As followers of Jesus today, we are people who keep God's word. However, to see where that responsibility comes from and how we are even given the life to acknowledge that, we have to ask some really hard questions. The disciples, for sure, kept the word. But who gave the word? God gave the word. You and I are people, hopefully, who are keeping the word. But who gives us the word? God gives us the word. They believed in Jesus. The disciples believed in Jesus. Those of us who are followers of Jesus who are watching this are people who believe in Jesus. But we're forced to ask the same question. Who sent Jesus? God sent Jesus. According to Ephesians chapter 1, God has been working this out before the foundation of the world that people would follow after Him through the death and resurrection of His Son, which is where Jesus is heading. We come to God because He has done something unique in our hearts. God does the work. God does an incredible work. We continue in verses 9 through 11. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, because they are yours. Everything I have is yours, and everything you have is mine, and I am glorified in them. I am no longer of the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. Pastor Matt Carter in Austin, who is also preaching on a Facebook stream right now, says this, The disciples were responsible to believe, but even their belief was the result of what God said and did. And so we look at this idea of what God did, and we see it break down in two ways. We see it break down in this, verse 6, we see that God did the work of salvation. God saves, God moves, God calls us to Himself. We talk a lot and the language is used that people would find God. And when we think about that, let's be truthful, it doesn't make any sense. The all-powerful God of the universe, if He wanted to be hidden, He would be hidden. You don't find God, He finds you. If God wanted to be far away from us, He would be far away from us, yet He has made Himself known to us in Jesus. Think about it like this. We know that we have responsibility and we get to acknowledge that responsibility But there is someone who has worked beyond us. So I miss seeing your kids. I I miss hearing them talk to me. I miss hearing them and seeing them interact with other members of our church. And I also know that their teachers miss them. Am I right, teachers? We'd love to hear from you uh, on the comment section. 
I miss seeing kids like Lachlan, all of him. There's a lot to miss. I miss seeing Lydia. I miss seeing Nora. I miss seeing Charlie. I miss seeing all of these kids. And I also know, even though I miss them, that they're going to come to church and tell technical truths that do not fully acknowledge what has taken place for them to get to church that morning. Think about this. You bring your kid into church. You you check them in at the desk. You get the sticker. You then move them to their classroom. When you move them to their classroom, you will drop them off with a teacher who is going to love them and teach them and care for them, and they will be asked numerous questions while they wait for class to start. Did you get yourself cleaned up this morning? Yes. Did you eat a good breakfast? Yes. Did you dress yourself? Yes. Now, parents, we all know that those answers to those questions are technically true. They were, in a sense, a part of that. But there was someone who was working beyond them. If there was not someone who was working beyond them, they would look like this kid right here. They would have stanky breath. They would have mismatched clothes. They would be eating a Snickers bar for breakfast. But that's not what they've done. They've had someone working beyond them. That's what God is doing in us. Apart from God working in us for salvation, salvation doesn't happen. God is working to make us His. God has a role and we have responsibility. We do not hold on to God. He holds on to us. We see God working for us. And we see the way that God works in this passage as well. You see that in verse 8. We see that God did the work through His Word. God works through His Word. He could have worked in any way that He wanted to work because He's God and that's how being God works. But He did not choose to work through visions for the disciples. He chose to work by fully revealing Himself in Jesus. He works through the Word become flesh. He works when we open our Bibles and see that His Word takes us to Him. He works when His Word is at work through His people. God is at work. We see that as we walk through this text. We can acknowledge and we can know as believers in Jesus that God is doing a unique work in us. We look at what God did so that we can then see what God will do Because this passage takes us to what God will do. Go with me to verse 11 as we continue to look at the text where Jesus prays this, I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. Church family, think about this for a moment. Jesus here is giving us a glimpse of the unity that we are called to have with him. The unity that we are to have with one another is similar to the unity that God has with the Son. A perfect unity. So in this time of us, cho- of us being in quarantine, of us being in, in a sense, isolation, I would encourage you to not forget that we are people who are called to love one another, to encourage one another. We keep using the phrase social distancing, and Tony Evans points out it's not social distancing, it's personal distancing. We are personally distant from one another, but we're still a connected people because of the church. Think this week of believers in our faith family that you could touch base with, maybe a phone call just to check on, 
Maybe you let them know that you are praying for them. Maybe you send them a text message. There are ways for us to be reminded of the unity that God has given us in this thing called the church because God is working this church. At this point in the text where Jesus is praying for the disciples, God is at work because He has always been at work to establish what we call the church, the unified body of Christ who celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus. Unified, because God has given us that unity. Given and Give is a huge word as we walk through John chapter 17. As a matter of fact, it's kind of the underlying theme of the entirety of John's gospel. John chapter 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. The word give or a form of give is used 75 times in the entire epistle of John. Or in the, in the gospel of John. The word give or giving is used throughout this chapter four times, three times in the verses that we look at today. We see that we have a giving God who loves and cares for His people. And this God is one who gives us precious things and He gives us the promise that He will keep us. So as you look at what God will do, we can know that God will keep us. God will protect us. And when God does protect us, that means that He is making us holy. He protects us, we see in verse 12, for His name. Look with me. While I was with them, I was protecting them by Your name that You have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them is lost except the son of destruction, reference to Judas who has left. But even that was so that the Scriptures may be fulfilled. We see that God is protecting His people. He keeps us for them and for us. Jesus has shown us what it means that God would love His people and keep them. God has made us holy. And in making us holy, He has made us distinct from the world that we live in. Because the word world is one that if we're not careful, we'll get lost in the vastness of it. We think about globes. We think about geography. That's not what the idea of world was pointing to when we look into the Scriptures. The notion of world is a death system. So as Jesus teaches us this text, as Jesus prays this prayer, I want us to hear what He's praying and consider the notion of a death system. Verses 14, 15, and 16. I have given them your word. The death system hated them because they are not of the death system, just as I am not of the death system. Notice the unifying work of Jesus. He is saying they were from this world originally. They were from this death system, but because of what I've done, I have set them apart so that they are no longer made, made for it. Just as I am not of this death system. I'm not praying in verse 15 that you take them out of the death system, but you, that you protect them from the evil one in it. Jesus is praying this prayer over the disciples. And because I look into the Scriptures and see that Jesus is continually praying for us, He is praying that we will be kept in the face of this death system. That we will be removed from it. Why? Because this world doesn't offer any promises. It offers no hope. We, this week there was a short video that went viral. It was a group of celebrities many of them who were superheroes, none of them singers, who were singing a song by John Lennon. The, the title of the song is Imagine. Many of you are, have heard it. Many of you are familiar with it. Some of you may even like it. 
But not to go through the lyrics of the song, I just want to point out that that song is hopeless. It's bleak. And it is at best what this world has to offer. The hope of that song is that we would all just be nice to one another, just to be nice, and then we die. And friends, I want to encourage us as followers of Jesus that we have a greater hope. We have a real hope because God will protect his people. We have this huge hope in Jesus. The world hated them because they are not of the death system, just like I am not of that. Jesus is saying what God has done in our hearts, in our souls, in his people, is that we are unified with him so that we no longer belong to this world. God will protect us. God will also, we see in verse 17, preserve us. Not only does God make us holy, God keeps us holy because we are here, but this is not our home. Look with me in verse 17. Let's look together as a family. Verse 17. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The word sanctify, it's it's one of the holy family of words. Holy is a noun. To sanctify is a verb form of that. It's a process that God is about. So as we look at this passage, we see not only that God would keep us, but that how God keeps us. We see that how God will preserve us. And God will preserve us as people who are committed to his word. As people who lean into the word that we see spoken about earlier in what God did, that we are people who lean into Jesus. The Word became flesh. That we are people who spend time in His Word. That we are people who actively live out His Word. And we will be made more and more like Jesus because we are doing this. Because we are choosing to do something because we are a chosen people. God preserves His people. He continues to make us holy. He keeps us holy. You cannot out the goodness of God when you are a believer in Jesus. There is not a point for you where God looks and says, that's too bad, they've done too much. For those of us who are in Christ Jesus, He keeps His people. That is God's great promise to us. You will not out Him. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And He, can e- he will even say this in the Gospels, take heart because I've actually overcome this death system. I keep my people. Not only do we see God preserving us, that He will preserve us, we see that God will point us, that He will give us direction, that God keeps making us more and more holy, that we are set apart to be set apart. At a, at a foot race the other day, there is a debate uh, as to who won the foot race. I won the foot race. But in this debate, I just want you to know, my, my wife witnessed this, my, some of my children witnessed this, the child who I was racing with witnessed this, this foot race between me and him. And at the end of it, my wife said, I believe you won. I don't know how you won. You were running. I don't really know how you were running. Your feet never left the ground. But I still won the race, and I ached for two days. When we look at Olympic athletes, it's a completely different level. They are set apart. They are set apart because you would never look at me and say, Chad should be an Olympic athlete. For those who are Olympic athletes, it is obvious when they are standing in a room with, their, with other people who play their sport. They're just different. They're set apart. But not only are they set apart, they continually set themselves apart. 
They do that by what they eat. They do that by how they train. They keep pushing. They keep progressing. They keep seeking after what their, what their goal is. We as those who are in Jesus Christ, he has made us holy. And God is telling us as, we, as he keeps us through his word that he will give us direction as we keep hoping and praying that we would be made more and more holy, that we would be Jesus on display. Now, there are lots of things that we look at in this world where we may miss why God is making us more and more holy, how God would use us as his people. We look into verses 18 and 19. I want to look at those together with you. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them in the world. Jesus has sent you, has pointed you, has given you direction for the world in which you live. I sanctify myself for them so they also may be sanctified by the truth. So Jesus begins to talk about the process of making us more and more like God, more and more like Him. And as we look at and consider this process, friends, we are reminded that we are faithful to God's Word when we are faithful to His mission. The flip of that is also true. We are faithful to His mission when we are faithful to His Word. One more time, just to let you guys know. Those ideas are very prevalent throughout the Scripture. They are tied together. They are intertwined. We are faithful to God's Word when we are faithful to His mission. We are faithful to His mission when we are faithful to His Word. These are tied together. You cannot be faithful to God's mission and ignore His Word. You cannot be a believer who is living apart from the Word become flesh and the Word revealed to us in the Bible. You cannot be faithful to God's Word and ignore His mission. God's Word gives you direction as to how you're supposed to live. It is silly for us not to choose to live out what God is teaching us. And as we hold up God's truth, it's going to bring forth all kinds of attacks. And some of us, for whatever reason, are afraid of these attacks. But I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon where where he says this about the Word of God and how the Word of God works. The Word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend a lion. All you have to do is let the lion loose and the lion will defend itself. Church family, God has done a work in our lives in Jesus. God continues to work in our lives through the Holy Spirit showing us the Father and the Son and unifying us with them as we look into passages like this and we see that the God of the Bible cares for us and He cares for us to make Himself known through us. We are people who have been given God's purpose. What would it look like if we sought to to be directed for the sake of that purpose? But I can't lose sight of, when I look at this passage, the importance of praying that the God who we see in Scripture, revealed to us in Jesus, that He prays for His disciples. Next week, we'll look at he, as he prays for us. I would encourage all of us as followers of Jesus who are watching this. For those of you who are not, I want to invite you into a relationship with God through the death and resurrection of his son. But for those of us who are in Jesus, for those of us who believe in Jesus, for those of us who trust in Jesus, I would encourage us to consider in what ways am I praying for my faith family for other believers that I'm in relationship with in the, in the face of all that is difficult in the world right now, that they would be salt and light, 
that they would be hopeful. Uh, I went to Kroger the other day, and while I was there, I had a conversation with one of the employees. I just thanked her for doing her job, and she said, you're the first person who's been kind to me all day. That meant a lot for me. I would encourage us in those moments to remember that we've been called to be the people of Jesus. I, did, I had no idea what I was even doing. But the bigger moment that I had at Kroger was when I'm getting my buggy with my sanitization wipes in hand. I begin to talk to the gentleman who's putting all those carts together. He lets me know his name. He lets me know what he believes about Jesus. I tell him that I'm the pastor of our church. And right there on the spot, he let me know what he was going to be praying for me. That he was going to be praying for God's favor, for God's protection. That he was praying for my wife and my kids. That he was praying that we would be salt and light. Church family, I would encourage us to find moments in this unique scenario where we can be salt and light in that way, showing the hope of Jesus to the world that we live in. Here's what I want us to do just to close out our time together. As always, we we end our services by going through the Lord's Prayer from the King James Version of the Bible as we consider how Jesus taught us to pray. So it goes like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen.